everybody. Thank you again for joining us for another edition. It's an edition, of course, of Oh This Podcast. This is our number 10 episode. It is our, what is it? I guess it's our silver anniversary if we're taking a look at it in <laughs> dog years. It is our Andre Dawson episode. And Steve, thank you for joining me again for this like this amazing pleasure of being in Chicago to record live and in person. Yeah, here in the uh, you know it's baseball season just kicking off. I mean, Andre Dawson, uh, you know, a classic Chicago Cubs and Montreal Expos reference, R.I.P. But uh, yeah, the pleasure to be here in Chicago once. Didn't again. he also play for the Red Sox too? Uh, maybe for a li- possibly. Ho- Let's just say the I, Hawk. I, the Hawk, just like yeah. the, one of the greatest. Ever. Well, one Hawk did play for the Boston Red Sox, but we don't need to talk about him. Okay, <laughs> we won't need to do that. So, again, thank you for joining us for episode ten. Taken, uh, Steve, tell us the metadata for all the stuff. Oh, so you know what you want to do? You know, you want to get on on the on the interwebs. You know, maybe Webs get on of internet. Your use your browser of choice, and then you're going to want to navigate to ohthispodcast.com. So you can pick up, uh, you can find our episodes there. You can also hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, we've got both of those. Uh, we are live on the social media platforms. Uh, and you can also uh, get at us on uh, Patreon if you want to check us out there. Throw us a few bones uh, and uh, support the podcast. We're always happy to uh, take any assistance, especially uh, if it means that uh, you you get to pick a beer or maybe a show topic or you get to make me uh, wind up watching the movie Grease and reviewing it for you. So. Yeah, that's uh, you know the propers, and let's dive into the beer of the day. That's awesome, beer of the week. But shout beer out, of the week. shout out. Well, we've... it's it's my beer of the day. It's your beer of the day. <laughs> wow, geez, you've been drinking a lot. This, uh, this shout out also. I think Jedi are superheroes, but we can debate more on Twitter about that. one. Yeah, that that's going to be a a, a long standing debate. Well, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, Han shot first. So <laughs> anyway, Steve, what's a beer of the week? What do we got going on? So yeah, um, a little happy uh, happy little. Uh, beverage that we have here today because uh, I decided that, uh, you know, to celebrate being in Chicago and uh, getting to uh, be in the studio, I wanted to uh, bring a a little bit of a twist on uh, what we were originally planning for the beer. So what we have here, we planned on doing Speedway Stout from Alesmith Brewing out in in San Diego, but uh, I dug into the cellar and uh, grabbed out a variant of the Speedway Stout because I wanted to try something a little new. So we got uh, Nibs and Beans Speedway Stout from Alesmith, which... uh, Nubs they, and beans, nibs and beans. Okay, but. nibs and beans. <laughs> so uh, it's a uh, it's it's a variation of their uh, Speedway Stout, which is their kind of flagship uh, Imperial Stout. And uh, this this particular version of it, they uh, throw in. It's got a t- obviously a ton of coffee to it. That's like the mainstay of the Speedway mm-hmm. Stout. Um, but uh, they throw in some uh, chocolate and vanilla beans. And, uh, yeah, so it's just a, a bigger, richer, more decadent version of the uh, base beer. And, sure. uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, nothing – I don't see nothing wrong with uh, with a little uh, Imperial Stout on a Thursday. It's so. pretty awesome. I can't, I think um, it's a dark beer. It's like a porter. But I think it reminds me a lot of that Choco Vesa we had a couple of weeks ago, like in terms of, like, the taste palette mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It has a nice bouquet as it takes into this <laughs> past year left gums yeah and and it's weather appropriate now we're, we got a little cold snap here and uh here in the windy degrees. city we so need to, we need to figure out how we can move out of this place so yeah so i mean i mean later this weekend you know we will be cracking into the 60s maybe the 70s i hear but uh for yeah. now we're gonna we're gonna drink some stouts so yeah this is a fantastic beer from alesmith um highly recommend getting out there if you uh if you if you're into craft beer or if you just want to have a you know have a good beer in a cool place they've got an awesome brewery out there um, they are big into baseball. They've got a Tony Gwynn museum at their brewery, which Very is pretty interesting. cool. Um, they also have a beer dedicated to Tony Gwynn. So, nice. uh, yeah, uh, really cool, uh, cool opportunity to make fantastic or they're great, uh, great brewery, make fantastic beer. Uh, this one clocks in at a 99 on, uh, on rate beer. Uh, it doesn't currently have a rating on beer advocate cause they haven't, um, amassed enough reviews yet because it was a limited release beer. Sure. Um, but uh, eventually it'll be up there and it'll be right around the 98 to 100 mark, I, to 100. I reckon. Sounds pretty good. I yeah. mean, it tastes pretty good. So let, with without further ado, cheers and let's get into this stuff for the day. I think as we take and sit here on this magical Thursday enjoying our beers, I think it's good to talk about a topic that you posed to me um, via the mm-hmm. interwebs a couple days ago. Sure. Um, in regards to, we're going to go into a little bit of a video game talk. We are going to go into some and video we're going to talk, talk about the frustrating parts of video games that we hate, uh, like <laughs> and games that are just absolutely god awful to beat. 
the ones that we wish we had the game genie and the cheat codes <laughs> for. Am I right? Oh, most this? most definitely. And uh, I mean, this part of it sparked from just general frustration with uh, modern life, life in general. Well, yeah, that too. But modern video games, uh, you know. You were just, you know, you had the show last week and, you know, oh God. couldn't even get on there. The servers are all, I mean, I just hearken back to a day where the servers obviously weren't a thing in video gaming. I remember like the NES and the Genesis where all you would do oh, yeah. was literally you plugged in a controller. <laughs> if the servers were down, you unplug the controller, <laughs> then you blew on the cartridge yep. and then your servers were back up and running. Yeah. Or you give it a certain whack and yeah. uh, the, a nice, the, a nice solid uh, <laughs> smack on the ground. Yeah. Super Nintendo that started to less there. So like, I don't know for me, the games that I struggle with a lot mm-hmm. right now um, tend to be either in two genres and these are modern games. They're not like, well, I guess they're the first person shooters, like mm-hmm. call of duties, like the modern warfare, all that stuff where people know exactly where to go for. Sure. And then also the open expansive, um, like the mission based stuff. I love playing like grand theft auto and mm-hmm. I love playing like watchdogs. Um, and Jim, I'm sorry. Last year when I completely ma- massacred your profile, like on day <laughs> one, after you put like 12 hours in, I'm like, can I drive this car off of this bridge? And you're like, no. And I already did. Uh, I feel sorry about that. But the thing with like Grand Theft Auto and like the missions and stuff, they're frustrating to me because I lose interest really quickly on what mm-hmm. you're actually supposed to do. And like Grand Theft Auto Five, I remember just sitting out there, and I went out to the the Santa Anita track and just started doing donuts <laughs> in the stables and like running a motorbike on the track. Yep. And I was just like, okay. And then when I take in after that, I just go into the the fucking air force base and try to steal a jet sure. and that doesn't work. And so oh, you like, can do it. You just got to have a plan. You can do it. I could not execute <laughs> on that. So it's like games like that. Like I'm not opposed to like the multi uh, expansive maps sure. or anything like that. It's just those games to me, like I, to be honest, level one, one Mario level one, two, like having like specific levels mm-hmm. is it takes in. It's tough to go away from that. I think the specific levels make games a lot easier. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll start with starting with modern gaming. Uh, I mean, you you mentioned Call of Duty, and yeah, I mean that is a one of my like. I mean, it's obviously a franchise of games. There are certain selections of that franchise which are absolutely miserable to to attempt to play for different aspects. Okay. Um. So like Call of Duty Two, Call of Duty Three. World uh, and World. You're talking at about where they were like the World War One games, and that's what so, they well, got yeah World on. War Two games. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, yes, yeah. two. So uh, um, those games, when you play the single player, and I mean, I was in a you know when I was in high school and college, it, I mean, it was all right. Let's just rack up achievements. So it's like all right, let's grab Call of Duty Two and rack up all the achievements in it, and then go to Call of Duty Three and move through it. Playing those games on veteran difficulty. It's doable. You can beat it, but it is a miserable drudge of an experience. Sure. Um, for a number of reasons. The you, go, you make a little surge, and then you go, and then you get more. Like, you just make surges, well, and it's never the, you make any progress, right? The, well, the checkpoints are bad. Sure. Like, so, I mean, you, they're just get, you get to certain points in the game where, like, if you're not in the right position, you're going to get killed every time. You're never going to make a checkpoint, and it's just going to be, you know, throwing your controller in frustration kind of time. Um, but... Uh, they the the worst part about the Call of Duty games um, for me uh, playing single player is the goddamn grenades. They can land a grenade like it, every single the like AI, the AI will have like it's it's as though like in lieu of ammunition they just took a backpack full of grenades and are throwing them at you from every possible angle. And lo and behold, they get them within three feet of you every goddamn time. It is sign them up. They can play for the Yankees. Oh, it is just awful uh it just i mean i couldn't tell i mean going through specifically um call of duty 2 call of duty 3 and then world at war those were sure oh my lord just total like got to the point where i i seriously consider just snapping the disc and walking away yeah i think that happens too i think my thing i never i played those games a little bit but the Call of Duty, my gripes, like, start with the when you get people online and you uh-huh. start to play some of the multiplayer. It gets frustrating. I'm just, I know I'm bad. Sure. Um, but I know I'm not that bad. Uh, if I could take and play, like, the game and go through the campaign, you should be able to take and, take and work your way through um, mm-hmm. just, like, a normal, like, multiplayer session. And I was playing this past weekend, 
and like I just absolutely got destroyed by like these <laughs> kids. Like I pick up a gun, I'm dead. I pick up another gun, yeah. I'm dead. So I just start th- fucking throwing grenades, just hoping something <laughs> would happen. Um, and it didn't work out well. But it's like those ga- the type of the games are like it's very difficult when you have people. I think a byproduct is you have people that are very good at it. Yeah, that that's all they do is they spend their time on Twitch, which is more power to you if you could do that and be a professional gamer. Mm-hmm. It's just like for somebody coming into it and thinking you'd ever like, I'm happy I'm at level four. I think. Right. Like <laughs> that's four levels higher than the multiplayer that I've had in the past. Yeah. So with multiplayer, that's the second facet of frustration I have with that franchise because I mean, but it was my first foray into uh more serious online gameplay or right, like console right, right, multiplayer right. gaming uh, was call of duty four. Um, and so, I mean, it, I mean, I played the living hell out of that game. And, uh, I mean, I got, I'm, I'm average at best, like on, sure, on my, sure. on my best day, like I can have some matches where I go crazy and I'll also have matches where I just get absolutely annihilated the entire time. And the frustrating part with, I think was part of it, part of it was technology at the time, like servers and things with the amount of lag that you had in some of those games it was sure, just yeah. i mean you couldn't overcome some of those things and it's like you can get frustrated by it but you're not like it's not just due to the game i mean there's just certain restrictions that you have that you're not going to overcome right away um but they the level and the balancing thing of like you could be playing with they try to balance it and i'm sure they have algorithms and stuff that do it but like i would algor rhythms <laughs> That's a new band name. Yeah, there you go. File that one away. Right. Um, I would inevitably get in a in a match or in a lobby with guys who are just way better and just get pummeled. Yeah, and there's <laughs> and no way it, that... like it's it do, it becomes unenjoyable because like I'm not saying that you have to be great at every game, but you want players to have a certain level of success. I mean, you get better as you play. For but, sure, for sure. Uh, but it, I mean, God Almighty! Like there are just some people who are are fantastic, and it's like I'm. At one hand, I'm mad because I'm getting my ass kicked, but on the other hand, I'm like, this dude is fucking rocking me. Like, I, you have to like try and balance it, and it inevitably ends in frustration and either rage quitting or you know right. quitting, not just not playing the game altogether, uh, which uh, you know has definitely been the case for me at times. Yeah, I think that's the whole thing. Like, like that's a byproduct of online gaming just in general now. I think that, you know, people are so good and uh, you got to think like when some people are so good at it, it's tough for them because they're like, okay, it's so repetitive and boring on that p- side of things, just mm-hmm. like owning people. Like I know my buddy JJ, he's been within the top 100 in NHL for years, several years. Um, on di- various different modes in there, and it's like it's got to be frustrating for him. But that's like not that's not a game that's just like increasingly hard for it. It's right, just, you lose that there. Like, what are some games like for you? I know, like for myself, Nintendo wise. Like, let's take it old school. Oh boy, like retro that's, games. That's where my <laughs> the majority of my frustrations lie. Yeah, I think <laughs> most of the arcade games, like their whole games, like Xantar is a gelatinous cube <laughs> who eats a, a medieval warrior. And you eat a chieftain (laughs) and you (laughs) ascend to a new village. I I think of that and I'm like, the whole concept of those different games are to, you know, make you pump quarters in there. Mm -hmm. But like starting to get back into some games like, fuck, Punch-Out sucked at times. Punch-Out was frustrating. Well, as a a kid, Punch-Out, I mean, Punch-Out's one of my favorite games because it was one of the first games I ever played. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, as as like a five, six-year-old kid, like, you don't understand necessarily that like oh you have to watch the pattern and then and then and then make a move at a certain point and then counter a certain way in order to you know to beat a character so you know you could get up to a certain point and then yeah, you gets tired you just get your ass waxed by somebody now and let me let me say when we played it, it was Mike Tyson punch out right yeah the, it was I need to clarify that it was not punch out there they so. had two mike tyson's punch outs and they make an any was the snes version mike tyson's punch out or did they switch super. it to just I think a, it, was it was super punch out that's it right. was retroactively yeah. they changed it yeah for me like so yeah that was the whole thing it's like you go to king hippo it's like you got to do it right otherwise you can't go on to the you know who one. always so uh, king hippo i i figured out um the second the second piston honda sure kicked my ass every time yeah yeah, I for whatever reason, like the first one I got through, I figured that one out. But the second time you fight him is when I got my ass kicked. I mean, eventually, obviously, you you learn that it's like, oh, like there's a very simple pattern here. I mean, Mike Tyson is tough, but you can do it. Um, you know, as, when I got older, I finally beat the game. But uh, you know, it, y'all got it was. 
you know, as a five or six year old kid, you're like, all yeah. right, I'm, I'm done. I can play up to this point. Like you get your little code, um, you know, sure. and, and you get sure. the, you get the little fake Rocky montage and then, yep. uh, and then there then, you go. You, then you get, you to, start back at a certain level and try again. You feel, you feel two minutes in the penalty box. And feel shame. <laughs> I think for me, one of the episodes or one of the games that was tough, uh, just at the time, because again, you know, you're a kid, you're not supposed to have that memory is like, it wasn't frustrating. I loved the game absolutely one hundred percent, but was Zelda like the okay. massive map of Zelda? Like when you get into those infinite loops where it's taking you through the same thing sure. because you don't realize that it's not going to go any further left. Mm-hmm. Like it's like or further up. Like the top bottom left and the top right corners of those maps were frustrating, and like trying to like okay, where did I? How do I get back to the certain uh, castles? To be honest, I recently, like, once I got, like, I bought a Wii U a couple of years <laughs> ago and then got a, uh, got the Zelda on the virtual console mm-hmm. and then watched a YouTube video on how to do it. And man, I can actually get through the game now <laughs> because it's like, it's things like that. It's like, I think, man, if you could take all these frustrating games that you had as a kid and go back through with, like, the YouTube gaming stuff, mm-hmm. like, it would make so much of a difference. Another one was the top-down original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES, oh, yeah. where you'd get run over by the trucks. That game was fucking fun. That is my second most... I, I loved that game because I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Um, but holy hell, that game sucked. The the level, where you, the, the one you have to go underwater, disarm the bombs mm-hmm. with all the you know tentacles that'll zap you and stuff. At the I think the dam is the level. Oh my god, that... Oh, <laughs> to this day, I would get frustrated just just looking at it. Yeah, I think the part that's tough about it also was it wasn't the greatest of eight bit games mm-hmm. in terms of graphics. Like you had some that were a lot easier. That one I remember being really really choppy and hard to. You could, hard, but you could eat pizzas. You could eat pizzas. <laughs> this one's a this one's a controversial one too. It's one of the greatest games of all time, and it's one of the hardest games of all time, and it's got to be Mega Man too. Yeah, that and I, was, I wasn't big on Mega Man when I was when I was a kid growing up. So, oh, you got to do yourself a favor, get that. Game. <laughs> like it, it gets it deeper. Like you, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And some of the later levels are really, really hard to beat to get some of the different bat, uh, different guys' powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like another one that was frustrating was uh, Mario Two. Okay, yeah, because that that didn't follow the franchise. It wasn't actually a Mario game to start. It was a like they. The power, like NES or not NES, Nintendo bought a game in progress and put the Mario name on it mm-hmm. and changed a little bit of the characters. But it, like you can tell, it's like the only one out of those series that is completely different in terms of UI and look and feel and everything mm-hmm. like that. That was one of my frustrating ones too. Like yeah. throwing the eggs at people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember going back. Um, I mean, my most frustrating game. I mean, outside of Ninja Turtles, which was plenty frustrating, but I put that aside because I just thought it was awesome. Oh but yeah. This has been, you know, validated and talked about by plenty of people, but far and away the most frustrating game I have ever played. You're going to say Battletoads. I'm going to say Battletoads. Yeah. Uh, because I love Battletoads. Uh, to this day, like I if I hear the pause music, I will you know, tap along with it because sure. I'm <laughs> it just like I played that game for so many goddamn hours and I the still once at I, the second level Kind of like nope. Contra? Hell no. I well, or Super I didn't. Contra? I didn't beat the third level when I was, you know, the the speeder uh, level when I was a, when I was a kid. But I got we got an NES back when I was like sixteen or seventeen. Maybe I might have been even eighteen. Um, and I just brute forced. I said I'm going to beat sure, this sure. level, and fucking a, I did it. And it was one of it's my still my favorite gaming achievement without cheating. Or anything like that. I mean, just sitting there and like wearing a hole in my thumb from having to go move the oh, yeah, stupid the thing up and, and down um, to try, you know, to move it to stay away from those stupid ass walls that got planted in front of you. Um, yeah, and then and then you get to the fourth level. You usually have like one or two lives left, and then you're a, a toad that's on ice and you slip everywhere. Yeah, and it's just terrible. Like I don't like I couldn't tell you out of anyone I know. I mean, I'm, there maybe there is, but. It's like I don't know if anyone's gotten past the fifth level in that game. Like there, yeah. there, it's you're in rare company if you've done it. Fun games though. So kind of one of these uh, quick questions here. Mm-hmm. So you think about it. Like instead of bad games, uh, on the spot right now, Sega Genesis. What is your favorite game of all time? So I'm on Sega Genesis. Yeah, not frustrated. Like awesome stuff. 
one that I, I guess, I mean, I don't know if I would call it my favorite game for Sega or for the console, but one that I played a whole hell of a lot was NFL Football '94 with Joe Montana on the Chiefs. Yep. <laughs> And I because that was Montana football. Yeah, there was two franchises. Right. So there were three Iva's top three games. Okay. It was World Series baseball. Oh God, I forgot. Ninety four, ninety five, doing home run derbies. Yep. yep. Um, and then it was also Madden ninety five, which okay. was the first. Like Joe Montana had better graphics. Madden sure. ninety five actually had real football. And then NHL ninety four. One hundred percent of like the greatest. I played NHL ninety four on on Super Nintendo. So yeah, yeah I liked NHL. Well, 90s. you know what I mean. Yeah, you, but absolutely that one hundred percent. Um, I also played a lot of Bubsy the Bobcat on Sega Genesis. I played Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> oh, another frustrating one that I loved and couldn't stop was the X-Men game. That was another one that I couldn't stop playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and with Ooh. that, and with that, we get to consume more beer. Mm-hmm. Speedway Stout. Steve, Nibs and Beans Speedway Stout. Nibs and Beans. Why is Nancy Sinatra playing right now? Oh, because we have ourselves a, a difference of opinion. Not that, necessarily difference of well, opinion. Well, hey... We I think there is a, a slight difference, or, or, okay, a difference in method, we'll say, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I want to I want to get your take here first. Why don't you lay it out there? You you stoop down, you're you're taking a walk down the street, and uh, you notice that uh, one of your kicks is a little bit loose. One of my dogs is barking. One of, one of your Air Force Ones is, uh, you know, the you got a little dangling uh, uh, lace there, and you need to. Uh, Tie that bad boy up. What method are you going to use? Oh, God. So this is like, is this literally the loop, swoop, and tur- twirl debate? This loop, gonna, swoop, and pull I, versus rabbit ears? I think we might have a, a little bit of a debate here. Okay, fantastic. So let me just tell you, no way should your shoelaces be related to an, an animal. Okay. That's rabbit fair ears? Point. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, uh, I don't even oh, understand see, how you make a rabbit ear. And then how you actually twirl the rabbit ear to take and do that. Yeah, you make a loop, and then you swoop the lace around it, and then you pull. See, this is where... Like, 100%, like, this, you have to take and do that. Like, I don't see any other way. Like, as a, tw- like, as a kid, how did you ever learn how to loop, swoop, and uh, art rabbit ears if that's, if that's okay. the... Well, I'll tell you. I'll method. tell you goddamn how I got it. Um, you make a couple of rabbit ears because you're a kid, and you say, oh, look. That's a rabbit ear. You cross the two rabbit ears. You See, that's where I always I, I was. I watched Ghostbusters as a, as a kid. Okay, and I was told never to cross the streams. Okay, so I was using complete uh, competing uh, methodologies sure. there as this. It's like, but this is a stream. You you thought better safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> we got nuclear proton packs on our back. We don't want to have this there. <laughs> so so you you get yourself a pair of bunny ears. You cross them. One of them goes under the hole. You pull them tight. You got yourself your shoes tied. Could with, you bunny ears right now? Tell, like, that's I still tie my shoes with bunny ears. Really? Yeah. I ain't scared. I'm 29 years old. I, I could. <laughs> if you put a shoe in front of me right now, I could not bunny ears probably. Well, I would be bad at loops. I can loop, swoop, and pull, but I'm not very good at it because I was a bunny like, ear man. So how do you double knot a bunny ears? They you just, just you cross, the, cross them again, loop it under. It's all good. That just seems irresponsible and downright flagrant. <laughs> Like you're choking double bunny ears. Like I, I always felt it like the tricks box. Guy. We, if like, we go on, if we had a, you know, the video podcast capabilities, I'd do it right now. Just a challenge right <laughs> here. I could take and figure that out. We could take it out of this section in here for that. Um, no, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was just like in the, for our household, we decided that it's a loop swoop turtle, but it's sure. like, if that's the thing, or if we tried bunny ears and I wasn't as accelerated as some point, does this, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the loop swoop and pull is the, uh, the, the most taught method. Right. Um, and maybe I was just shitty at tying my shoes when I was a kid or um, you were accelerated <laughs> may, or maybe, I mean, I get shit for bunny ear in it all, all the time. My girlfriend would be like, Oh, well, look at you doing your bunny ears. Yeah. Well, my shoes are still tied and I'm all good. This is true. Like I don't know, I don't have anything. What about Velcro? Oh, I mean, the, Velcro the, or slip-on? Oh, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> like that's the that's the question. Because there, so I there think, comes a point in time in which Velcro becomes socially unacceptable to be your uh, shoe tying uh, uh, device. I, I think Velcro is like the if you're looking at a normal distribution curve. Okay. It is the outline 20% out of the standard deviation okay. on both ends. Yeah. Like <laughs> until you're five and until you're 75. I think <laughs> in that like in that realm, like, and this is not like hard and fast. These aren't scientific facts. Like 
determining that that's okay, but I'm like, slip-ons are fine because I won't say anything wrong with a nice pair of moccasins on, sure. a, on a cold day. No, I mean, I still rock a pair of loafers with, a, you know, a slip-on loafers for dress shoes because I don't want to tie up, tie up more shit. It's how more do you, work. How do you bunny ear those? You don't. <laughs> Put a bunch of pennies Get in Velcro, there. Get Velcro dress shoes. <laughs> Velcro dress shoes. <laughs> New product idea. Velcro <laughs> dress shoes. Oh, that's funny. So... I don't know. Like, I saw this thing online there, like, for shoelaces that they're this, like, uh, like, people rock no ties. Mm-hmm. Not not at all. Yeah, and I can't do it. like, there's these things that you can put so, like, you don't have to tie it mm-hmm. now that keep your, insta- the re- I would rock no tie if I could because of just, like, big feet and stuff like sure. that. Um, if the laces didn't get all dirty and mangled and stuff. Right. But like this thing actually like clips into your shoe and stuff like that, that you don't have to worry about like them flopping over yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's weird because I like it's, I think it's pretty polarizing too. It's like you're either a loop swoop twirl or you're a bunny ears. It's like a, it's a no way. Well, it's see, like, I, you got the loop swoop twirl. I get the loop swoop pull argument. So there's a difference in nomenclature there. Well, loop swoop pull, loop swoop twirl. Like well, it's all the same. I, I think a twirl, a twirl is not a pull. Okay, I do a loop, swoop, and I pull. <laughs> Maybe I do a twirl when I'm done. It's like, yay, I did it. She'll like, twirl. <laughs> snap and pull. Like, you got it all, like, there. Like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, but, like, if you take it at the end of the day, I would take and do, what about sandals? Oh, I mean, I don't I don't mess around with uh, thong sandals because I don't like. You just don't mess around with thongs. No, I mean, I don't like my toes getting chafed up, uh, yeah. you know, that the tender area there i don't yeah. want that uh ripped apart i just do you know like a pair of uh a nice Adidas. sandal with oh, a, like a nice slip on like i'm not birkenstock in it or anything like that i was gonna say like you're uh you got a pair of like tevas or uh with uh socks and stuff like that <laughs> rocking the seattle the seattle winter shoe yeah. it's like you can't <laughs> it's raining you like you got your nice wool socks on there. oh god <laughs> no i mean i like the sandal don't get me wrong but yeah i'm a, strictly a slide and i like the uh cushioned action that like the adidas and nike ones have because uh sure. then it's it makes me uh feel like i got a little squishy cushioning there on on the old feet it's good that's good uh good method um velcro shoes though i mean or vel- i mean you got velcro on the sandal is that technically a velcro strap i don't know how old are you <laughs> i think at some point it's fashion at another point it's for necessity yeah too. right <laughs> no I, I can't tell you how awesome it's going to be that at some point in time i know i'm going to go be going back into velcros <laughs> and then i want to take and start doing like air force ones that are straight velcro like literally straight or like charles barkley uh retro space jams that well are- i mean i can't imagine that i mean it's impossible to do that i mean there's a company that i know of that will uh, put like turf bottoms on a reg like a basketball shoe or like any kind of shoe you want. They'll rip out the normal like sole that it has on there and put like a turf bottom for like p- you know playing sports on on like you know, for fake turf. AstroTurf. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. So I got to imagine that if they can do that, they can do the same thing. Rip out all the lacing and put some Velcro in there. I think with any amount of money, anything. Yeah. Anything is done, possible. Should be done is the the, the next question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause didn't Ken Griffey Jr. like wasn't his like first set of like like rookie baseball shoes like or like his first contract weren't they just Air Jordans with baseball spikes on them? Um, they were very similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they took the same exact shoe, but uh, yeah, they were very similar. I mean, I I've had some Griffeys, um, in the day, which were actually the Griffeys that I had were very similar to like the I don't know the exact vintage on the Jordans, but I mean, it had to be like sometime between '96 and like '98. The yeah. the ones that uh, um, just kind of had like a panel, uh, Space Jam ones, like a, a Nike swoosh, like panel down the side of them. Um, they're very similar to that shoe. H- hashtag real talk. Ken Griffey Jr. Notorious loop swoop and pull. <laughs> I don't really know that, but I'm taking yeah. and throwing that out there. I don't know. I Ken, he's... reach out to us. Let us know what you think about that one. I'm curious. <laughs> there's you know? a there's a really good Ken Griffey Jr. story about um like one of his last. It was I think when he was back with the Mariners. Uh, like the, the last run when you know he was on you know right before he retired the golden goose yeah. Uh, yeah um and he was like napping in the clubhouse or something or just like chilling in the clubhouse and they like called on him they're like hey you know get get up get loose because uh you know you're gonna be you know pinch hitting at some point and he go he had like his nike like um swingman logo sure, like something sure, on, sure. and he points to it and he just goes like you see this this don't get loose <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's great 
But I mean, if you were trying to save time and you were going to lose, maybe maybe a little turf shoe with a little Velcro on it, can you know? Maybe that'll be the next uh, Nike line. <laughs> so what about the Back to the Future shoes? Because those are self tying. Mm-hmm. So you you cannot do loop, swoop, or pull or that's rabbit cheating. Ears. It's just cheating. I mean, but it's like Velcro. It it's Velcro, but it's also like automatic Velcro. Yeah, that's. I don't want any. You can't have any sort of mechanical assistance. It's got to be. You know, you've got to you've got to you've got to fasten it yourself, okay. whether it's Velcro, which is easy. You go to the, your bunny ears, you go to your loop, swoop and pull. So existential question right here okay. about this loop, swoop and pull versus rabbit ears. If somebody tied your shoe for you uh-huh. and they tied you as a loop, swoop and pull, how would that make you feel? I'd be all right with it. OK, but yeah. would it eat you up inside? No, not if at somebody all. Somebody tied me with a rabbit ear. I'd probably be fucking pissed. <laughs> L- literally, absolutely like it feels different why i don't know it just feels what if you weren't looking and they tied my shoes together that would be even worse (laughs) you know the thing you would probably want to go with a loop swoop and pull for that sort of knot if you were tying two shoes together oh sure yeah Yeah. because like otherwise you'd have to get the feet together (laughs) and align it like tie their legs together and all that or like giving someone like a loopy remember like middle school when kids would just like literally pull your string and it's like <laughs> seven feet of actual yep. shoelace see the, the thing i like i mean here's a not a non-tie options like when i was younger it's like you didn't have time to bother tying your shoes i mean you were always running around with your shoes untied just tuck those bad boys in as long as they were tight enough at the tongue just throw the laces inside your shoe you're good to go yeah <laughs> god I, I remember when i started playing sports and all that like we would have to get our uh shoes taped like mm-hmm. in college we'd have to get our ankles taped and our shoes taped like to have the laces all sure there. like this is either for games or different things long story short is i remember trying to get the spats off of the tape off of we call them spats mm-hmm. like, the tape off and i'm like well i'm just like not paying attention and they give you like this tape remover right and i literally instead of like taking and going against <laughs> I went with it and I caught the side of the shoe and I sliced the whole shoe <laughs> like in half. I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting. I don't know how I'm going to work with this. <laughs> so I took the box back to the train. I'm like, yeah, I think this is broken. <laughs> and they're like, what happened? I'm like, can I get a new pair? They're like, sure. Like, fine. <laughs> like, I just had to pay for like an extra pair. Of sure. But it was, you know, back in the day. So note to self, kids, if you're playing football and you get spats on, make sure you go from your toes to yourself <laughs> with the cutting tools. Otherwise, you might have to buy a new pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. I never had to uh, really worry too much. Like, I would double knot, like, in any sporting competition, double knot, and generally wouldn't have to retie at any point. Um, I I don't know. I, I've never been, like, particularly picky on, like, how tight my shoes are. Like I know some people are that they'll like they'll be for like safety oh, it's, reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean with basketball, like you want it generally fairly tight because you're running the entire time. Right. But like I'm not never been like super picky where it'd be like oh this is a little bit too loose I'm gonna make a big deal about it retie my shoe you know four times to finally get to the point where I want it I would just deal with it kind of thing. Yeah, through uh, football, like I mean I had like you have bad ankles. Sure. Like, being an offensive lineman, you get rolled up on like literally you. I don't remember. The longest time I didn't have a sprained ankle, <laughs> like consecutively, like it's crazy. But you get rolled up on, so you want to have like make sure you have tight shoes, like for that. I I just like think I'm looking back, and it's like you remember uh, Blades of Glory, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and McElroy is in the he's tying the skates. Yeah, it's like you have to tie it. Like, it's three distinct layers. You have to tie it <laughs> tight here, here, and here. Oh, my foot hurts. <laughs> my foot hurts speaking of tying hockey skates so yeah i mean that's a totally different thing because honestly i know it's hockey skates. well at that point in time like it really doesn't matter necessarily like if you're like a loop swoop and pull or a a bunny ear or whatever because it's like if you're doing it right like you've got them tightened up all the way to that point where you have just enough slack to just make a knot yeah Yeah, just just enough to make a knot because like you're wrapping like i mean when i do it i wrap my laces around the outside of the skate you know, to get rid of all the slack in it. And then I just tie a knot in it. And then, you know, half hour, 45 minutes later, yeah, you might have to redo it, you know, because they get loose. And that's that's one scenario where you do need to have them relatively tight. Right. Um, that's angle support. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that that was one where it's like, I don't I don't think it matters. I don't think there's a – you have to have a strong preference there because, I mean, I'm, I'm still doing bunny ears to this day, but uh, that one I don't think matters as much. Bunny ears on the ice. That's absolutely crazy. I never <laughs> thought that that would be allowed. 
It's probably a Canadian thing. <laughs> I don't think I have much. Well, I guess technically, I think my my mom's dad was born in Canada. I think he has dual citizenship. Does so. he loop swoop? I don't know. I'll, that that's a good question. He so we should do a family. <laughs> we should do a family tree of all loop swoop or rabbit ears and uh-huh. see where the um where the where the uh, breakdown where occurs. The breakdown <laughs> occurs and see like what they like scored on their SATs or ACTs. <laughs> To see if it was like a mental, like an IQ. Hey thing. man, I I did all right. I did all right. So I mean, it can't be. I mean, I might be an outlier. Maybe I'm. Maybe hey, I'm at the higher end of you the. You might be here. on the. You <laughs> might be on the genius spectrum. Yeah. And I might be on the like. Oh God, he's gonna be eating glue <laughs> in five minutes in the class. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think this is very interesting. Oh, <laughs> it's always there when you call. Always. I mean, I think the bottom line is. If it became socially acceptable, we would just use Velcro shoes. Velcro. I think that's what we want. Like, we need to be on that normal distribution curve. Like, I think this is great. Steve, why are we listening to Jaw? Well, besides well, Jaw's big freaking amazing. Actually, let me rephrase this. Why are we listening to Ashanti? There we go. There with we go. with a little Jaru flavor. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, because, Patrick, as is very near and dear to your heart, um, we need to talk a little bit about uh, our formative years and uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the hip hop that was going on. Oh God! In, in uh, that time frame, so we're gonna talk. Uh, so we're gonna go '90s to 2000s. So okay. we're we're talking 1990 to 2009. Well, end of 2009. Okay. Of hip hop and what your top five artists are that you would continue to listen to to this day. And I know that you're gonna you're gonna have a a big list, and I kept mine relatively uh, trimmed down because I know you got plenty to talk. Okay, about Okay, so how do we want to take and start this? Because I could start going. You know, <laughs> I could ride dirty with this straight out. You know, I think. Uh, well, let's start here. Number one, let's just go into your honorable mention category because I kept my honorable mentions very short. Uh, I want to hear what you've got. So literally, I've been going on this topic. I've been starting this research for about three and a half days <laughs> going on 20 years. Um, just it, it's, it, it's a very interesting thing de- near and dear to my heart because like I love pop music in the nineties. I love pop music in the two thousands and the, the hip hop stuff, the mainstream stuff was great. So a lot of the things that I will have to do is gotta be definitely mainstream stuff. Sure. So, yeah. So, we're not, we're not talking about cred here. We're just talking about, yeah, uh, like literally, literally Literally, what you would continue to listen to. Yeah, literally, I have no street cred. I would listen to uh, the Shop Boys, Party Like a Rockstar, <laughs> uh, with uh, what's his name? The Kevin, what's this guy? I'm blanking on his name. Kevin Rudolph. Kevin Rudolph, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, what, what else did he do? Uh, Let It Rock with Lil Wayne. Yeah, he would do that. <laughs> um, I would a, basically, I would listen to Flo Rida. Okay. Who would fall in those formative years. So these are these are maybe hey, not. Flo Rida is still doing stuff to this day. He was on uh, WrestleMania the other night. Yeah, definitely. These are things that are not necessarily in the honorable mentions. These are things that are just I remember. Uh, Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. Oh, I used to listen to the <laughs> shit out of that. Um, it, I don't know why I would lean back. Like I had a, <laughs> I had a work monitor once that was uh, at a job that I had. And it had lean back mode one and lean back mode two. And I'm like, Fat Joe monitor? Like, this is, like, how does it like? Another, he got into hardware design. <laughs> yeah. Another one was a new artist that Katy Perry actually broke. And Missy Elliott was oh, one, yeah, of, she, one of the formative like uh, <laughs> new stars of the genre. Actually was one of the greatest. Fuji's. I used to listen to the Fuji's yeah. a lot. Um, Lauren Hill was huge. Lauren Hill. But then it spawned Wyclef and just yeah. all that stuff. Why oh, obviously, what, you don't need to speak for Wyclef. But yeah. yeah. I mean, just absolutely huge there. I'm trying to think. If you take a look at it, like you've heard me make jokes about it, but Jermaine Dupri, Welcome to Atlanta Remix, okay. the Coast to Coast edition. So is, is this of, an official honorable mention? He the, is definitely an okay. official honorable mention. I'm going to go off on honorable mentions for a while, and then we can, <laughs> when we've exhausted some of these, we can go into these other ones. But I'm going to just ruminate, and as I'm thinking about it, Chameleonaire, riding dirty. Oh boy, Chameleonaire. I so, so I personally was not available. I didn't get uh, get to acquire tickets for this, but when I was in college. It was Chingy and Chameleonaire at the NIU Convocation Center, I think. And this had to be in either late 2007 or early 2008 or late 2008. Sure. I, I don't remember which. Right in the heyday of that Southern Rock Well, so movement. I think it well, so my freshman Southern year was, Rock, Southern was <laughs> 2006. So it, it was sophomore year. So it was it was 
like September or October of 2007, I think it was. Yeah, I ain't scared. I got Chingy in the honorable mentions, 100%. <laughs> and he's all capitalized in there. Powerballing right there, like with the two R's. Well, then you had, I mean, Chameleon Air. I mean. Just riding dirty. Riding dirty. Just riding dirty. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I did listen to a lot of old Pitbull, like the old, like the early stuff oh, of dear Pitbull. Lord. He was also on WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> Pitbull early stuff. Let's see who else I is fucking there. I hate Pitbull. You can go back to Cameron. Okay. Like you can go some there. Like this is hip hop and this is hip hop and R and B, right? One of my best friends is named Cameron, and we still to this day call him Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. Hey, ma. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely not put the Black Eyed Peas on this list. No. Like. That's fine. It, it, they didn't make this. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony are definitely an honorable mention for me. Okay. Um, just so many different albums that they released were awesome. I absolutely love Bone Thugs growing up. And I think that was a, there's a byproduct of the TRL and MP, MTV genre sure. like for that. One of Chicago's finest is on this list as an honorable mention. I know this. We're be. taking it to the buffet. Uh, <laughs> Bump and Grind. Yep. Ignition. Uh also being on the Space Jam soundtrack <laughs> of Fly Like an Eagle, R. Kelly. Uh, hashtag real talk for a second. Good thing for Dave Chappelle for making him famous. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> Kanye. Uh, real talk. When I was in Vegas a couple of years ago, I almost got kicked out of the casino for singing Bump and Grind for an hour and a half at the blackjack table as I was sitting. <laughs> I was just plastered drinking white Russians. It's like, I don't see nothing wrong. With a little bump and grind. And the dealer just like called the pit boss. <laughs> I had won a lot and I was tipping. And she's like, can you make him stop? He's like, well, he's actually winning. So yeah. I'm not really going to make him stop. But there. So another Chicago Twista, one of the fastest rappers okay. ever. Um, yep. One of the fastest flows ever. Surprisingly, on the honorable mention, we go with uh, one of Florida's finest is Trick Daddy. And just, I, I, I was literally, I got in a Trick Daddy mood a couple weeks sure. ago. Um, and I was just absolutely listening to that crazy <laughs> uh, train knockoff song. Yep. Um, another one that should have been like if if I had more spots to hit and go juvenile. That's uh, respectable. Yeah. I mean, uh, still and well within the uh, you know the MTV era. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we already talked about Chingy. Uh, so that brings us up to the next one. So are we in the rankings yet? No, we're, we're not still, in the we're still we're honorable still, mentions. Yeah, so people. I got three more in the honorable mentions. <laughs> but this next one in the honorable mention is going to be about X going to give it to you. Huh? Oh, see, that's a that's a we're getting you know you're getting good if DMX is still in your honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, we're close to we're very close to it. It's surprising my list is missing a couple very good ones. But one of them is did stuff with uh, Lincoln Park, so I think I took him down a notch on there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so DMX was definitely on there. Another one is Lil John and the Eastside Boys, Lil, or Lil John, and also with the Eastside Boys, with the Eastside Boys, or without the Eastside Boys. The, yeah, maybe not with DJ Snake, but still, <laughs> definitely Lil John. Like just yeah, with Usher, also oh. made famous by Dave Chappelle. Yes, also <laughs> made famous by Dave Chappelle. Usher on there is on there as well. Like um, Usher, but, but the more of like the R and B. Usher is good, solid. Three Six Mafia. <laughs> Project Pat, like come yeah, on, yeah. like it's one that I forget about. The, like Three Six Mafia just makes me laugh because in high school, for whatever reason, like in in PE, we had physical education. Physical education. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, there was only like two CDs that people had uh, <laughs> to play, like during PE class. One of them was like Journey's Greatest Hits, and the other one was Three Six Mafia. Stay fly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that exactly. And it's it was like, why is this playing? Like, this is, I mean, I don't have a you know personal problem against it, but it's like Juicy J came and did some stuff with your Katy Perry there, uh, some yeah, some tracks. Yeah, there. yeah he did. But yeah. uh, it's just, it was very uh, a very strange dynamic because you expect dad rock, um, <laughs> in, sure. in a high school. Uh, environment and, you know you want generally you know you think no more white no, snake no vulgarity or anything like that and uh you get three six mafia it works man <laughs> sometimes it plays so those are my honorable mentions i could probably go on for about 10 more minutes or an hour and a half for like while we're having sushi for dinner <laughs> like talking about more stuff like that but now i'm at my top five all right so, so like, let's trade off fives you okay. go you lead with your five and then i'll i'll counter Okay, and so like the thing that I wanted to do is my five is actually eight or seven, but the reason I say that some of them There's are linked, group, toge yeah, linked link together by the record label that yeah. they were on in the thing. So what I want to try to do is not only just say why, because I don't like necessarily like all these albums uh, 
together. Sure. It's there, there's reason there's formative years and stuff that I like of it. Um, and my number five is Ludacris. Luda. And it is Luda, early Luda. You don't like Luda with Justin Bieber? No. Okay. No. It is uh it is Luda with uh what's your fantasy? It is Luda word <laughs> of mouth, it is the red light district. Those are yep. the albums that Word of um, Mouth. Word of mouth with an F. Like right there, like Ludacris early on before he got too famous in the Fast and Furious franchises. <laughs> now um, it now he's billed as Chris Ludacris Bridges. Yeah. Um I would listen to that and that's like what? When did when did Word of Mouth come out? Maybe like two thousand and three, maybe two thousand and two. I remember taking a recruiting trip and listening to uh uh roll out in the backseat <laughs> of our car on a mini disc. Twin Glock forties, cockback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roll out. <laughs> so that's definitely coming out as my number five. It's very tough. Let me tell you, I spent days laboring yeah. over this stuff. It was a personal, awesome thing that I spent days hey, on. Hey, I mean, and that just shows the level of uh, effort and uh, pa- enjoyment that we have in this. You know, hit us up on Patreon, yo. Yeah. Panda <laughs> Panda spent some time on this one. I love it. So, um, but uh, so, so right, uh, we'll go very quickly. Uh, you touched a little bit about this with honorable mentions. So DMX was one of my... Uh, honorable mentions and then also Ludacris was one of my honorable mentions oh, I kept them sure. I, I kept them out of my top five though um, so number five for me we are going with a, a little bit of comedy for me um, not because not intentional comedy but uh, um, the artist known as Puff Daddy as P. Diddy Sean. as Diddy as Sean Combs that would be my number Sean five. John <laughs> so it's I all remember, because of Shake Your Tail Feather music video, right? <laughs> I remember in like, shit. I w- this was before I moved from Waukegan out to the out to Antioch. Um, we were we went to a uh, New Year's party, and uh, MTV's like New sure, Year's party sure, was on, sure. and 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 Puff Daddy, you know, they had music videos. I think he might have even been on the, the coverage or something like that. Right, right, right. And that was where it was at. Now. Most of the comedy comes in with his ridiculous name changes and uh, also his, you know, probably the track he's most well known for is his collaboration with Jimmy Page on uh, their their version of <laughs> on the Godzilla soundtrack. Really? They're, yeah, they're fine. Yes. Well, Cashmere is the riff. and I think it's uh, Come With Me is the, the name of the track yeah. or something like that. So underrated Godzilla <laughs> on that soundtrack oh, yeah. plays, sings very well. <laughs> he like does. Green Day. Check uh, him out. Check him out. <laughs> Godzilla has some pipes. Yeah. I was thinking also like immediately when you said his best track was O-Town, All or Nothing. <laughs> but I digress on there. So so that's my number five. This, and it's actually funny. Like I, I was reading a while back. I forgot that like when he changed his name. I think it was when he went from P Diddy to Diddy. Um, he, That's when he got Danity Kane, and I think yeah. So like, and he can be known as Diddy in the United States and a lot of other places, but he's still known as P Diddy in England because someone else was known as Diddy in in England, and he legally has to go by P Diddy in right, England. Right, right. Just keeping that <laughs> trademark around there. Okay. So number four for me is it's a surprising one that he's number four, considering how much I respect the man's work sure um like it's i've seen him live in person probably one of the only hip-hop shows i've ever seen live in person and it is nelly and it is specifically for the country grammar and nellyville albums i remember taking and riding the bus okay uh to football games yeah with my cd walkman on listening (laughs) to ride with me and then getting off right before the bus ended listening to hot shit and going and playing and playing some defensive line and crushing some golf. <laughs> and then it surprisingly has lasted. God, he's that came out in what? 2000, 2099, 2001. Yeah. Somewhere almost 18 time. years yeah. ago, almost 18 years yeah. ago. And it is a, it is a pinnacle and a milestone and a beacon of hope <laughs> in an otherwise bleak world uh, for someone to take in. You know, it is my shining star to take and go over there. It is my shining and a, and a you know you you'll even support with a pair of Air Force. Dude, ones I'm rocking do. my Air Force ones right now. So, <laughs> um, give me two purrs. Get two per. So, and and this is incredibly fortuitous because I also have ranked Nelly at my number four spot on my top. Really five. tough to do, and because I mean, and I specifically remember I got a burned copy of Country Grammar when I was dun, dun, dun. when I was in middle school from a from a friend of mine that i knew prior to where i moved he actually moved out to the same neighborhood where i lived in antioch which was awesome 
Um, and yeah, I mean, he had it and he burned me a copy of it and yeah, same deal in the Walkman <laughs> and always, yep. It was a, uh, a very enjoyable album for a, uh, middle, middle school aged oh, yeah. Steve. It made me feel hard as I was <laughs> not at all. And so. it was a Midwest thing too. Cause it's like, it's oh, St. Louis, no, yeah. yeah, St. Louis. Um, I mean, it was definitely one of those things where it's like so much of the nineties was East coast, West coast. And it's like no coast bitches. We got Nelly. And Murphy Lee. Dude, St. <laughs> Lunatics were actually freaking legit, too. So, like, all of the crew that was surrounded was it was good. St. Lunatics, uh, God, what is it? The New World LP or something like that? <laughs> it's like turquoise and orange. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm looking at it right now in my head. I'm like, I got to listen to that tonight. So, what do you got for number three? Number three, it's tough because I wanted to take and do this. It's, there's three artists, but they're all linked together. Okay. So, it's the Shady Aftermath. It's Dr. Dre, it's Eminem, and it's 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. And the reason I picked these guys as number three um was that that early 2000s era where Dre was producing all those beats he found Eminem sure. and then and then also found 50 Cent and also did that all together were some of the best. The Chronic is probably one of the best albums of all time, but 2001 The Chronic is also a great album right. too. Uh, next episode probably one of the best produced albums yeah. uh, so, in the in the hip hop genre for sure. Right. And next episode forgot about Dre like all those tracks are good. Per, like West Coast hip hop, perfect. It's awesome. Uh, Eminem for me was really like Slim Shady LP with my name is. It was really influential in terms of like this guy came from nothing. And it's like it's clear cut, concise stories that are actually mm-hmm. great albums. So I listened to it a lot. Then we had the Marshall Mathers. Like the Eminem was always interesting because you had those serious songs and then you had the comedy songs. And the comedy songs were always good. But it was really just a hook to get those comedy songs on MTV right. to get you into it. And the Marshall Mathers album was one of that. But it, it wasn't until the Eminem show and also the 8 Mile soundtrack that I'm like, wow, this guy is uh, absolutely amazing. I knew he was good, but I'm like, this is really... It took me a lot of time after after the you know, listening to those and growing up as a, like, I appreciate the albums differently now sure. than I did as a kid. Cause I understand some of the stuff that he went, not like from a personal empathy, right, thing, but, but you, you can understand like the drugs, the broken house, like, like this, yeah. like he is from that. I think he's like, and you could call it as a question, but it's like Bob Dylan where he's like a storyteller telling you all these different things about his life, using a different medium for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eight mile was just absolutely amazing. Like the movie, the soundtrack, Lose Yourself, like very, very, very good. But then it was like also 50 Cent and it was the Get Rich or Die Trying. And that's like 50 Cent was on a lot of different oh, yeah. things. Like he did a lot of different. Vitamin albums. Water. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like 50 Cent. That album was amazing. Like that yeah. was, I remember that came out in 2002. I bought it from Target in a suburb of Seattle and I listened to it <laughs> on repeat. And I was like, gosh, it, it was that. So that shady aftermath. Mm-hmm. And then the game when it came into it, game's first album was also good. So I'd put those like that collection of there as the number three. I think Dr. Dre could easily be the number one with me for another stuff too. Okay. Um, but I wanted to keep those kind of together as that's a collective of a body of work. Sure. So that's that's, that's my number enough. three. I'll so let yeah. you we'll let you lump those bad boys in there. I have a reason for it. Yeah, no, you do. Exactly. Um, so quickly for me, the, and this one doesn't require a lot of explanation. Um really three for me, outcast. Oh. Um and it, mostly because it was crossover stuff. Sure. That I mean, not like the hey ya uh, and you know, that's a, but like the first time I heard Bombs Over Baghdad, it was on Q one oh one in Chicago and so I was fresh like and so clean. I was like, What what the yeah. hell is going on here? Like they don't play rap music on right. Q101, and it was like just a uh, like just such a blend of stylings. And like going back in their catalog, you realize like how much um, like their styles changed over like album to album and, and over sure. the years. Like they were immensely prolific as far as like the things that they did with different instrumentation and beats and things like that. I mean, they went from like southern hip hop to like full blown pop music and like back again. I mean, they they had the chops to do it. Right, so right, that right. I'll, I'll take, uh, give me Andre and, and big boy. I'll take those at my, in sure. my number three. Yeah. So I think that's, that's admirable. Like I didn't even put them on the list, um, because I knew that you were going to have them there. And I don't think it's because that they're not honorable mentions. They just like, there's so many different bands that I sure. or artists that I had there that, you know, I would go to it's personally, I would go to more frequently. Sure. So like my number two has got to be uh, the notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls, like straight up. What a what a career cut short, but what a 
um what a lyricist too like and the things that i look for and i keep going back to are storytelling again mm-hmm. it's just a different medium for storytelling and so i i don't want to take and put diddy on there or puff daddy but he did a lot in terms of the beats and the production work on mm-hmm. all of biggie's stuff but it was the feel you know it was hypnotized it was juicy it was the all big papa it was the whole like yeah, actual absolutely. like the songs that made it there, and it's really unfortunate that we didn't get to see as much more of him as we should have, in terms of long term. Um, and I'll t- I'll address that in another one too, coming up here pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a, and that's a very solid choice. And it it like it wasn't that I didn't. It was just like just before my time, like right. before I was paying attention to music as close. Yeah, you know, it was when he was you know when he died. So ninety seven. Um, it, I mean, I was into music but not into everything so it was like it yeah. was just one of those things where it's like you catch certain parts at certain points and other points you you know you just aren't in the era for it and uh that was one of one of the ones that uh, i didn't catch on to until later i can put on life after death any day of the mm-hmm. week and just like be transported back like it is just it is an amazing album yeah like no it definitely is um so my number two um and we're going you've already touched on this but uh, i'm gonna go with eminem and in my number two slot, and uh, really the reason there again is a, another g- another genre crossing uh, right. artist, and it was again one that was like it was in that same time frame where it's like you don't hear rap music on alternative stations. Sure, sure, and sure. It's like what the hell is going on? Like I'm hearing Eminem, you know, do Slim Shady on on Q101. What's what what is this? this like is odd. And I like it, and this is this is fun, and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and then go, getting a little bit older, I mean, I was going through you know middle school and high school with uh, you know the Slim Shady LP and um, you, you know was it the Eminem show and, sure. and uh, you know all those albums were prime like right in that time frame it was like wow like you just kind of get blown away. I mean, like Stan is still one of my favorite songs that you know regardless of genre. Like I think that is one of probably one of his best works, and it's not like a super fast flow or anything like really you know crazy. It's just like it's an interesting story of like how he like how he's dealt with fame, right. and he, you know he frames it into a story. Um, and I thought the you know the sampling and the beat was really good. Like mm-hmm. that was one song that like really pulled me in. So like Eminem, yeah, that's where that's where it's at. He's falling at number two for me. Nice, very cool. And I know that. So my number one, and going off on this, and I know that people are going to be like, you didn't even put these in your honorable mentions. You're like lapsing out several it's, different. It's people. not about it's not about saying that like who's a better artist or anything. It's just saying it's hey, like these are what preference. I put on my on my. I'm still going to pull this up at any point in time. Right, and like the two that I've left off are definitely Jay Z and Kanye because. Mm-hmm. I'll go to these guys more often. Like some of these artists are more guilty pleasure stuff that I like just the beats from that I was listening to. Jay Z, phenomenal. I'll listen to Jay Z anytime. Kanye, early stuff, phenomenal. I'll listen to anytime. I won't vote for him. <laughs> That's a here nor there thing. But the number one artist that I pulled up was definitely, and you could put Dre in there for a little bit too as well. So that's like a asterisk. It's when you took talk about like the original Death Row records. And it's you literally talk about Tupac and you talk about Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. like and with Snoop Dogg, it's there's two albums in particular that I loved and it was Doggy Style. Doggy Style was, I think, the first uh, Mm -hmm. gin and juice uh, was one of the songs I put on repeat. Um, Like it was one of the like, what am I listening to? Like, can (laughs) I I listen to the lyrics? and I'm like, as a kid, I listened to this. And was allowed to, and it, I I respect my parents, or I respect my parents now from like letting me choose this stuff. But it was vulgar. I'm like, <laughs> I should not be listening to this as like a eight year old kid. Like sure. this is something that I not listen to. But then there was also his Rhythm and Gangsta album where he did Drop It Like It's Hot and some other stuff. He mm-hmm. did some stuff with Pharrell and Nerd on there as well. Yeah, the, the uh, production stuff is really cool. Though. Yeah, some of the stuff that he's done over the years. It's changed, but those two are like the iconic Snoop Dogg albums. And Tupac, for me, it's all eyes on me. Like, that's hands down one of the best albums of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's another uh, it's another example of a, another career cut short, way too short um, for uh, what we've really come to know, like, as, like, from hip-hop, that was, it was a beef that probably shouldn't really have existed. Um, it's unfortunate that that has happened, you mm-hmm. know, that, that you had that West Coast, East Coast, um, bias that was fueling it. There were things that were on both sides that were not great, but right. 
the music itself, like from that genre, that era, like the mid nineties, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Biggie, um, Tupac were, were amazing. And one of the songs that is a go-to is you hear that first hook of California love. And it's like, Oh my God. Yep. That is one of the greatest songs, hip hop songs of all time. Anytime that comes on, I stop what I'm doing for the three minutes, four minutes. And I listen to it and then I replay it. And then I listen to it again. <laughs> then I go on my day. Yep. That's a twofer. Um, so, and you, you touched on this. So number one for me overall, Jay-Z, um, can't really miss with that. I mean, he's, he's the king. I right. mean, he's one of the biggest of all time, if not the biggest, uh, uh, of all time. Uh, there's, I mean, there's not a whole hell of a lot to say here. Um, I mean, f- shit from what was like 96 to like 2003, he had an album out every single year. Which is, I mean, some musicians are more prolific than others, but I mean, that's that's nuts to have like right. that many new releases. And like some of them, like I think the one that he did with, um, I think it was like 2000 or 2001. I mean, it wasn't originally meant to be one of his albums, but sure. it just kind of it was with uh, Rockefeller. Um, and it wound up just becoming a solo release. I right. mean, he did a lot of like collaboration stuff on that album with other with other artists. But uh, yeah, I mean, what I mean, Volume Two, Volume Three. I mean, Black Album. I mean, all of them are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I could I'll put Jay Z on any point in time of my day, and it's not going to probably turn off. I mean, I had, I mean, all of those at different points in time you know, on CD. Yeah. Um. Now it's it's obviously all digital. You know, he wants you to get title, but uh, yeah. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> sorry, I'm Jay. I'm not, Spotify. I'm not gonna sign up for it. But uh, you got enough money. You got it covered. So yeah. Um. You know, between you and Beyonce, I think you're doing all right yeah. uh, as far as uh, financials are concerned. But um, his flow, his uh, creativity, yeah, his creativity. I mean, the production was always you know there, and he's always like experimented with different stuff there. Um, it was all all very intriguing to me. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it was there. Like, it doesn't feel like the like of his entire catalog. There, like, there doesn't feel like there's a lot of like plays off as far as like, hey, I'm just phoning this one in for the you know to com- roll out the album. Like, every song has a purpose. Right, right. And like like I said before, these are personal things that I go to. I know that I miss Lil Wayne. Oh, he's yeah, on th- there. There's he plenty uh, off the list. That I mean, this is just strictly to say. Hey, like if this pops on, we're going to, you know, if we're taking a top five and we're going to throw together a quick playlist, like this is what's going to be on it. Yeah. And if you get a chance, like if you're listening to this, hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what your top five is. It'll be interesting to hear what other people have done in terms of like the 90s, the 2000s, that genre in Mm -hmm. terms of like hip hop, R&B. And it's like there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. But like throw it on there and don't be afraid if like Vanilla Ice and Ice Ice Baby is. (laughs) Well, especially because like hip hop isn't my number one genre. Right. It's not my hip hop rap. Like it's it's not where my wheelhouse is. So it's like everyone's entitled to have a different musical opinion. So it's like, why not discover something new? Yeah, some people... Or like, even if it's not new, just discover something else. Yeah, some people like Poison. Some people like rats, Some people like Quiet <laughs> Riot. You never know what's actually going to happen. Oh, we ran out of time. You know who we didn't put on our albums? Who didn't we put on? We that? didn't put Nick Cannon on here. <laughs> and I know that's like we're talking about that. Like, Fuck was it, Nick Cannon. Was it Mariah <laughs> Dave <King>? Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, w- like this is a whole like later than... Uh, we're, we're not on the know in terms of like the <laughs> E-Network about who's dating who these days. Yeah. But, um steve fun episode like i didn't think we could talk about shoelaces for as long as we did oh i mean we we have uh you know various viewpoints on the world and that's just another philosophical point that we will beg to differ on i think again it comes down to what really makes a human (laughs) tick like that's if you can't get anything from this podcast this is exactly what it's like very existential questions most definitely with fun and comedic timing but again, what we would like to take and take and ask you to do is please do us a huge favor and visit ohthispodcast.com. Go to Twitter, take and like us, take and follow us on Twitter as individuals. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. Also, you're at uh, what at P for R one at P for R one, and I'm and at Steve Hombaker. That is awesome. Uh, do us a favor if you have already subscribed and you're vibing on the shows. Make a little review on iTunes, on the Google Play, whatever you can find, Overcast, any of these different things. Um, we are having an absolute uh, wonderful time doing this show. We're going to be doing number 11 here. Very soon. Very soon. So if you have any show it's ideas. It's one more. It's one more. 
Hey, hey, this might be our Spinal Tap <laughs> reference if anybody got that. So, um, Steve, any party words for the crowd? No, uh, other than uh, just if you want to, uh, you know, even if it's not on on social media, if you just want to share the show with a friend. I mean, that's perfectly, uh, you know, we're we're all about uh, spreading the, spreading the word any way we can. So. Uh, if you you want to just uh, talk us up or anything like that, you feel free to do it. Do it. Uh, do it however you like. Don't just listen to us. You, yeah. you, know, you forge your own trail. You could either talk us down too. Yeah, just, if you want to. If you think we're idiots, go ahead and tell yeah, us. Yeah, I've been told from many people <laughs> that I got a face for radio, so we're gonna keep doing it. Again, wearing my panda shirt and my Air Force Ones, live from the West Loop Studio. I'm Steve. I'm Patrick, and we are out. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>